Welcome to the Outliers of African Descent. Today on our show, we have a guest who was born in Nigeria but grew up in the U.S. She graduated this past May from Yale University with a bachelor's in molecular, cellular, and developmental biology. She is now a graduate student at the University of Cambridge, where she is pursuing an MPhil in public health with the support of the Paul Mellon Fellowship. Her specific interests within public health are global health, racial, ethnic, and socioeconomic health disparities. Next academic year, she will begin medical school, where she aspires to use her combined interest in public health and medicine to support underserved communities in the United States and abroad. Welcome to our show, Elizabeth Olantuji. Thank you. Um, um, to begin with our interview, could you first tell us about your childhood and upbringing? Yes, of course. So I was born in Ikeja, Nigeria, and my immediate family is a family of six. So I have two older brothers and one younger sister. And I came to the U.S. with my family when I was four years old. And right after that, we moved to Tampa, Florida. Stayed in Tampa for a couple of years and then moved to Wesley Chapel, Florida, which is right next to Tampa. And then I stayed in Wesley Chapel until I left for college. Tell us a little bit about your high school life. How was that? And what it took for you to prepare and gain admissions to Yale? Yes, so high school was quite interesting for me, I would say. I really had uh, an opportunity to explore a number of different activities, a number of different sports, and had the opportunity to meet professors and peers that I think I was just very grateful and blessed to have been able to meet. So I was zoned to go to one school, Wiregrass High School, but I decided to go to another school, Lando Lakes High School, because they had the IB program. And I was particularly interested in just having that challenging academic experience in high school, um, which is why I opted to attend Lando Lakes. And again, I just had the opportunity to do a lot of great activities and extracurriculars and to challenge myself academically, but also physically with sports, um, to gain communication skills, leadership skills, by engaging heavily in um, honor societies and debating organizations and science competitions. And I think a lot of the activities that I involved myself in were really what allowed me to craft a good application for college. Um, I think that it's really important to be strong academically, but it's also really important to be a well-rounded student. That's something that colleges will really look for. Um, and I really think it's something that they that they want and will help me to stand out as an applicant when I was applying to colleges. Thank you. Um, I, I would love to know what sports you did, but you mentioned the Ivy program. I haven't heard of that. Maybe because where I'm from, everyone consider, considers it the middle of nowhere. But can you explain? How, can you explain what the Ivy program is? Yes. Uh, so it's called International Baccalaureate. Um, essentially, it's similar to AP courses, except it's kind of a more structured and rigorous program. And it also is a program that. Um, happens not only in the United States, but in other countries around the world. Um, so essentially, students from all these different countries would be operating on the same curriculum. So even though you have different teachers, the curriculum is the same, the tests that you have to take are the same. There are certain essays and certain requirements, including things like community service and creative activities that you have to complete in order to be able to graduate with the IB diploma. 
And if you meet all of the requirements, then you graduate with a high school diploma, but also with the IB, the International Baccalaureate Program Diploma. Before I start on your Yale college experience, I'd like to know what sports did you do in high school? Yes, so I did track and field and I did weightlifting. Yeah, that's way more than I'm doing. I'm just (laughs) purely academic. Um, So now I'll go to your Yale experience. Um, What was it like to attend Yale? Or what is it like to attend Yale and how different is it? Is it competitive and hard to keep up like a lot of people say the IVs are? Um, I think in a way, sometimes it felt tough adjusting to life at Yale and to life as a student at Yale. But I will say that the atmosphere was more collaborative than it was competitive. And that was one of the reasons that I chose Yale when I was deciding where to go. I really liked that collaborative atmosphere, um, essentially just the feeling that I was being supported and encouraged by my peers. That was something that I saw uh, when I visited Yale, something that I saw in the students that were already attending and that were upperclassmen when I um, visited the campus. And I was really drawn to that. So I, I will say that it wasn't particularly competitive, although sometimes you just kind of felt a pressure to, um, you know, have the same great internships that your peers were having, the same great research positions. It was kind of just a push and a pressure to do the best that you can rather than feeling that you need to compete all of the time with the people who are around you. Thank you. Um, yeah, that's very helpful. I've heard a lot of other Ivy Leagues are competitive and have like a suffocating atmosphere. But what I'd like to know is, this was your experience in general. I would like to know how it was like to attend Yale as an African-American female. Yes, uh, that's a great question, actually. (laughs) Um, I think before I came to Yale, I had um, kind of a narrow understanding, I guess, of what it really meant to be a Black American woman. Um, Just the diversity of what that phrase even means. Um, And I also didn't particularly, I grew up in a very predominantly white neighborhood and I didn't really have a community of strong, supportive Black women. And that was something that I I was grateful to have the opportunity to have at Yale. Um, So there is a pretty, I'd say a pretty sizable Black community at Yale. And we have the Afro-American Cultural Center, which does a very good job of bringing together um, Black students at Yale and bringing together Black women at Yale. Uh, there's organiza- organizations that are specifically geared towards Black women on campus, organizations that are geared towards um, just African students on campus. There's just a lot of opportunities to find supportive groups that cater to your identity on Yale's campus. So I will say that that was something that I was very grateful for as a Black American woman attending Yale. And again, just back to the opportunity that I had to make a core group of Black female friends. That's something that I was very grateful for because I didn't have the opportunity to form that connection with people while I was in high school. 
And it was something that really allowed me to develop my understanding of who I am as a Black woman and the opportunities and um, the success that I could achieve as a Black woman. It essentially just allowed me to expand my horizons instead of continuing to confine myself to the definitions that other people placed on me. That's really deep. So based on what you said, um, I would like to know if, like based on what you said, are you basically saying that you had more of a Black community at Yale than you did attending high school? Because personally, in middle and elementary school, I only had like one or two other Black kids in my school, so I just like didn't know. Yes. Yeah, I definitely had a very similar experience then as you did. Uh, there were not many Black students in my middle or my high school. Whereas, I think compared to the broader population, there is a small percentage of Black students at Yale. But because of the community that is fostered within that small percentage of Black students, you really will be able to make a lot more friends that look like you and um, to just feel supported by the broader Black community. That sounds like a great community. Thank you. And thank you for the information. Um, I see you're currently studying abroad, and I'd like to know a bit more about that and how it fits into your study. Yes, so right now I am pursuing my Master of Philosophy in Public Health at the University of Cambridge in England. And I am supported by the Paul Mellon Fellowship, which was a fellowship that I was awarded as a Yale senior. And I'm just very interested in public health, specifically global health and racial and socioeconomic health disparities. Where this fits into my broader studies, uh, I intend to integrate my knowledge of public health in my medical practice in the future. So I will be attending medical school next year. And I just really believe that having a good understanding of the larger scale social forces that influence health will really allow me to be a more compassionate and conscientious physician. That sounds great. I read a little bit about the Paul Mellon Fellowship Award, but could you please tell us like more about it for those who don't know what it is? Yes. So. One great thing about Yale is the opportunities, um, just opportunities and the resources that are given to students. And so one of them is that Yale has a lot of fellowships for, for postgraduate schooling. And some of them are specifically geared towards pursuing postgraduate degrees in England. And so one of these fellowships is called the Paul Mellon Fellowship, and it's given to two or three Yale seniors each year uh, that demonstrates great academic achievements and leadership qualities during their time at Yale. So I had to apply for this in my senior year and was very thankful to have had the opportunity to receive the fellowship and am now being supported by it to complete my graduate studies here. That's very good. Sounds like... Uh, I'd like to say congrats, first of all, and, you know, it sounds like you used your time at Yale well and that you were able to successfully grab onto that award because two out of three seniors is a lot of people to fight for, so. Thank um, you. You're welcome. Um, 
As I mentioned earlier, I was interested in attending an Ivy League, and I'd like to know what are your advice for youth, like maybe my age, high school, junior, senior, or even youth younger than me who want to attend Ivy Leagues? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, for one, don't be afraid to ask for help or, or to ask questions, whether that's from students that you know have attended. Um, Ivy League schools, or even if it's just from your professors or other students that you you know might have a lot more experience with the application process. Um, I would also recommend just surrounding yourself with friends and people who really will encourage you to to do your best. Um, And along with that, try to look for mentors or role models who you can work closely with, who you can establish a connection with, who will be able to just help keep you on the right path to whatever your future career goals are. Um, And then also just take time to take care of yourself. I think sometimes students get a bit too (laughs) focused on that goal and kind of just forget that on the path to that goal, you just need to be able to keep up with yourself and to stay healthy and to essentially just absorb and enjoy the people around you and the world around you. Um, So as focused as students may be, just always remember to to take care of yourself. Um, Good things often do take time. And even if something doesn't work out as you think it might the first time, just be patient with yourself. Sometimes what we think is best for us isn't always what we think is actually best for us. So just be patient with yourself. And if plans don't work out, Sometimes that's just God's way of telling you that there's something different but better in store for you. Um, So I would say in sum, stay focused and do your best in school. Engage in all of the extracurriculars that really appeal to you. Be Be comfortable and confident asking questions and seeking mentors and peers who will support and encourage you. And then lastly, just make sure you take care of yourself and um, take time to enjoy the present. Thank you for the advice. How was the application process? Yes, I wish it wasn't stressful, but I I will have to say that it was somewhat stressful, uh, especially because you're applying to colleges at the same time as all of your other peers and classmates in high school. And sometimes that becomes a bit competitive. Um, So if someone gets in somewhere and or if you get in somewhere and someone else doesn't, sometimes they might be a bit more frustrated, um, just kind of a competitive atmosphere and a stressful atmosphere that comes out of applying to colleges that I think isn't particularly isn't particularly great. Um, but even though it is stressful, I think that if you surround yourself with friends, um, mentors, family members, essentially whoever can be there to provide you support and encouragement, then it really will be a much more smooth and somewhat even relaxing potentially uh, process. It also is somewhat long. I remember I think starting my applications in August of my senior year and I didn't finish doing applications and interviews until I think January. Um, So I think that really will depend on what schools you're applying to and how many schools you're applying to. But I guess just as a point of advice, just kind of be prepared to potentially have work to do for some time. And if possible, start as early as you can. 
Um, so if that's you can start in July and start in July, if you can start in June, start in June. Um, yeah. Thank you. That really helps me a bit. Don't really have many people to ask. Um, there's a school of thought that Ivy Leagues are expensive and they're not really worth attending unless you have a good or a full scholarship. What is your take on that? It's interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think I actually have had discussions on this with my peers. And I think especially in the pre-medicine community, this was a conversation that we had a lot. Um, like, is it better to go to a non-Ivy League school and potentially get better grades there and then apply to medical school? Or is it better to, you know, go to an Ivy League school and potentially spend more money, but also endure potentially more stresses than you might at another school and not perform as well as you might have wanted to for medical school? Um, And that's also just a very theoretical, broad situation that doesn't apply to everyone. But I think that was a conversation that I had a lot in undergrad. And I think my view of this um, is that it depends on what exactly you want to get out of undergrad. So I think that one thing, I can't speak for all Ivy League schools, but I can speak for Yale. And I think that um, one thing that Yale does really well, and I mentioned this a bit earlier, it's just there's a lot of opportunities and resources that are available to students that I honestly think you may not be able to get at other schools um if that to you is worth the amount of money that it costs to go to that school then then it's worth it um i also think that something that another thing that's particularly unique about uh ivy league schools or just even potentially just private schools um in the u.s are that they tend to bring together students from a variety of places. So you really learn how to live with a diverse community of students and you really have the opportunity to have a diverse cohort of friends and really engage with people who are like you, but who aren't like you and just engage with a variety of different cultures. Um, Whereas if you go to a school where a lot of kids who went to high school together end up like go to that same school then you might not have that same experience so if that is something that's important for you in an undergraduate institution then again perhaps it is worth the money so again I guess in some my view is just it really depends on what you are seeking if all you are seeking is to have a very uh, academically enriching experience to be quite honest uh, while there are certain things like smaller class sizes and access to certain professors that you can only get at an Ivy League, you can still get a very academically enriching undergraduate experience at many schools. So if that's all you're seeking, then perhaps it's not worth the money. But if you are seeking to also have the opportunity to engage with a very diverse community of students and peers and to have access to resources and opportunities that you may not have otherwise, then perhaps it is. Thank you. You've already started answering my next question, which were, what are the pros and cons? Yes. (laughs) So, yeah, I would definitely note that a lot of the pros are related to the access to resources and opportunities and um, the peers that you meet and professors that you have the opportunity to form relationships with. Um, And the incredible academic advising, I will say, (laughs) that is available um, at Yale. 
uh, I would say cons. Hmm. I think sometimes this is definitely not an experience that everyone may feel at Yale, but I would say one experience that I think I felt quite often is because of my background uh, was this feeling of imposter syndrome. Um, so there were, especially as a pre-med student, there were often a lot of spaces that I would go to where I would be the only black person in the room or the only black woman in the room. And I often would kind of, it would make me feel like I didn't belong in that space. And I kind of had to struggle with myself internally to convince myself that I, I really deserved, um, I deserved the opportunity to be there and I worked hard for that. And I think that that could potentially be a con, just having that feeling of imposter syndrome that is disproportionately affects marginalized students from marginalized populations, I would say, and students from lower income backgrounds as well. Um, that is potentially a con of attending Neil and just attending schools like Ivy League institutions in general. But then again, that also isn't an experience that every student will have. Um, so that isn't a general con. Yeah, it, like you said, it might not be an experience that every student has, but I've experienced it a lot since I do a lot of advanced and AP courses. I often find myself being one of the only black students in the class and it just makes me it feels like harder to reach out to my peers if, since they won't have the same experience I have do you did did you have any way to like get over it or you know convince yourself that you did belong there yeah I definitely did I think most of it was rooted in my support system at Yale so my friends, I had a core group of friends that were all black women and we really supported each other and really had each other's back um, throughout our four years of undergrad. And they were essentially my rocks. Um, so if I just ever felt uncomfortable or struggling, I felt comfortable enough to talk to them. Um, often they would have the same experiences and we would kind of just discuss it together and try and navigate it together. I was also very lucky to have supportive mentors at Yale. So for example, uh, the PI, my PI at my research lab was incredibly supportive of me and um, was always encouraging of me and just allowed me to have opportunities that I didn't expect to have as someone who didn't have a lot of experience with research coming in. So it really, overcoming my imposter syndrome was really tied to my support system and the people I surrounded myself with. I'm glad you had a support system there. That's very important. In your biography, you mentioned that you intend to attend med school and you wish to pursue a career in public health and medicine to help underserved communities in the U.S. Can you please tell us more about that vision of yours? Yes. Um, so... My interest in public health and my interest in medicine are, they're very related. Um, in fact, my first inspiration to pursue medicine was in high school after my grandfather passed away in Nigeria. 
And I wanted to return to Nigeria to specifically treat low-income patients like my grandfather and to advocate for their access to better health care. Uh, and this is something that, although I didn't know it in high school, is very related to intersections of public health and medicine. You know, supporting low-income, marginalized communities, helping patients from disadvantaged backgrounds to have access to better health care um, and to have better health outcomes. Essentially, I just want, I'm pursuing medicine in order to support individuals and families in these from these underserved communities and to be able to advocate for their access to better health care. Yeah, that's, that's a really good way to come at it. You know, there are many ways. I personally watched a TED Talk where is architecture and public health, and I found that interesting. In general, this is just a general question. Given the opportunity to rewind your life, what one decision did you make that you would like to change? That's a very good question. Mm -hmm. Um, It's very broad. (laughs) I'm not sure that I can pinpoint a specific decision, but I can say that, and I also, I think, mentioned this a bit earlier when we were talking about um, advice for students that were planning to apply to colleges. I think sometimes I just focus too much on my future and the goals that I had for myself. And I didn't take enough time or as much time as I potentially should have to really just enjoy the presence and what was happening around me and the people that were around me. Um, I essentially would just always think I'll have more time later to spend with these people. And that just isn't always the case, um, especially with the pandemic. I There was a lot of things that I pushed off to the very end of senior year. I was I would put other things first. Um, it is very good to put your academics and your responsibilities first. But again, it is also important to take time, I believe, at least for yourself and for your friends and for your family. And I didn't always do that. I would always just say, I'll do that later. Um, and then in the specific example I was giving, I had pushed a lot of things to the end of my senior year at Yale. I just figured I'll have time to enjoy and to spend time with my friends and to explore more of New Haven at the end of senior year. And then the pandemic happened and we were all kicked off campus. (laughs) And there was a lot of things that I had planned to do and that I should have taken more time for myself to do in the four years that I was there rather than just push them off to the very end. Um, because the end, even if it hadn't been for the pandemic, something else could have happened, you know. Um, That ending was never really promised for me. So I I would just say if there was a decision I could go back in time and make, it would just be sometimes just spend a bit more time focusing on the present and the people around me and the world around me um, instead of just always focusing on going, 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 you know, the future, my goals, just remembering to take some time and relax. (laughs) That's really, really good advice. Again, you've given such good advice this entire time. All of it has been something I can learn from. And um, so as you know, the Wyvern podcast is to find role models for youth. So you being on the show, that means you're a good role model, but I'd like to know who was your role model. Yeah, so I think growing up, um, my parents served as pretty good role models for me. I know that is somewhat of a cliche answer, 
Um, but I really did look up to my parents and I was constantly impressed by their hard work and their perseverance, um, especially as immigrants. And especially despite the number of challenges they faced, whether it was related to family or our financial situation, they were essentially just always driven to take care of their family and to overcome whatever came at them. And I was really grateful for that and impressed by that and really looked up to them for that. Um, outside of my parents, to be honest, I didn't have any other role models outside of my parents that I was particularly close to, um, outside of potentially celebrity role models, people like Michelle Obama, essentially just people that you would look at far away and view and think, wow, that person is doing, accomplishing something great. But I think I always really did want a role model that looks like me uh, outside of my parents. So because I grew up in, again, a predominantly white neighborhood, uh, I didn't have that. And even though it wasn't ideal growing up, it's something that I'm thankful for now because it's really driven me to want to be a role model and a mentor for, for younger Black students. Um, and so I'm just really grateful now to have that desire and that drive to serve as a role mentor and a, as a role model and a mentor. Um, and I think that a lot of that comes out of just not having role models who look like me growing up outside of my parents. Yeah, you shouldn't worry about the cliche answer. Um, I always give my mom as a first example whenever I'm asked that question. But, um, you know, that is a good answer, your parents. So I'd like to know a little bit more about them. You mentioned they were immigrants and they always worked hard. So is there anything more you'd like to tell us about them? Um, yes, let's see. So both of my parents have always been pretty hardworking. Um, so actually when we came to the States, my dad had actually come like two years earlier than the rest of my family um, and had just started looking for work and essentially trying to um, plan things out for us before we came here. And then two years later, the rest of my family came and joined him. Um, and I think that for one is just a testament to how hardworking they are. Um, both of them were determined wherever they were to, to take care of their family and to provide a way for their family. And they're also both very compassionate people. Um, that was something that I just saw a lot growing up. So I grew up in a family of six, but there were often, uh, we often had a much fuller house <laughs> than just six people uh, because my parents were always very eager to help people and take people in. Um, to whether it was family members or people who weren't family, they were just always, just always eager to support people. Um, that was something that I, I really admired and, and I think influenced me a lot, uh, even in my future career path. I think just the idea of being hospitable and compassionate was something that I developed from my parents and something that um, I hope to really just continue to take with me in the future. I had a similar experience. My dad came first and he brought my mom and me over. So that's really nice to hear that even though we're like worlds apart, there's still people with similar experiences to me. I would like to know what advice you have for young black youth who would like to pursue a similar path as you. Not necessarily 
Ivy League and all that, but just generalized uh, generalized advice for anyone. Again, I'm asking you for more advice, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good. Um, I think, for one, so directly targeted at uh, students who look like us, so Black students, just remember that even if you're the only... Even if no one else in the room looks like you, that does not mean that you are less qualified to be in that space. You deserve to be there. You deserve every good thing that comes your way. Um, and you should kind of just remember that, take that with you, and hopefully do a better job of avoiding imposter syndrome uh, than I did. <laughs> um, and then also, just Sometimes it's hard, uh, especially growing up as teenagers in America, but really do your best to surround yourself with people who are encouraging and supportive and will drive you to be your best. The people that you surround yourself with um, are just very important for guiding you on the right path. So that has to do with mentors and role models, but also your friends. Um, just be aware of the people that you're surrounding yourself with and make sure that you're surrounding yourself with people who want the best for you. And then also don't be afraid, again, to, to ask for help and to ask questions. You might feel uncomfortable at first, um, but often it, it's really worth it in the end when you get the answer to the question that you had or the advice that you'd been looking for. So don't ever be afraid to, to ask questions and to reach out when you need help. Again, you gave excellent advice great advice thank you um yeah just to wrap it all up what are your plans for this weekend um for this weekend you said yeah or this week i guess because it is oh (laughs) what are your plans for the week and the upcoming weekend yes uh so i start classes we're still on holiday right now so i start classes next week so i've kind of just been preparing to go back to class um trying to do some pre-reading and some outlining for my essays and my dissertation. Uh, But I also really do enjoy fiction reading. So for the rest of this weekend and for a good chunk of next week, I plan to be reading a book that I started uh, called A Little Life. It's a very long book. It's like 815 pages. Um, I only have 150 pages left. So I'm really determined to finish that this week. And I'm really excited about that. Thank you for coming to our show for all the amazing advice. No matter how many times I asked you for advice, you still gave amazing and unique advice every time. You took some time out of your well-deserved break to join me. Um, God bless you and thank you. And thank you for having me. It was so nice to meet you and to talk with you today. 